See, when we pray all of our problems, we can sometimes treat God as one who's just there to listen to our venting and then forget that he actually wants conversation. When instead we remember his promises and we say, God, this is what you promised. So I will hope and I will wait and I will trust even if I don't yet see that promise. We know he will always, always be faithful to do what he's promised, even if it's not in our timing or our expectation. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay, because faith is not about having it all figured out, and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before He'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., We pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. For those of you with little kids, I just want to let you know if at any point today you would like to step out and use the mother's room for nursing or feeding or because you need a little break, it's just through these doors and you're welcome to it. And also, as it was mentioned earlier, uh, kids are more than welcome to be children in this place. We think it's healthy and important for them to be a part of our community because if kids aren't here on Sundays, they won't be here when they're no longer kids. And so if kids really drive you nuts and you're absolutely like, oh, well, then too bad. You're in the wrong place. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. We are, as a church, going through this practice of prayer. What we mean by that is there are practices or habits that you and I can do on a regular basis to help us connect with God and in turn become more like him and then start doing the things that he did and is still doing in this world. We can create habits in our life that will change the way we think and the way we feel and the way we experience this world. And prayer is perhaps one of the oldest and simplest, but also the hardest in many cases, prayer feels like we're talking aimlessly to the sky. It's more like a wish than it is a conversation. And we can feel completely unequipped or under-equipped to pray. As we began last week, we began with this understanding that to learn to pray begins by recognizing that we are praying to God. The almighty creator, father Good, good Father, the one who loves us and cares for us, we are praying to him. And like little children, we can begin with simple repetition. See, I have three children and one who's still quite little. And with all three of my children, when they were learning to speak, I would regularly repeat words just to hear them say them back to me. Maybe you've done this too, like mama or dada, right? Or you try to get them to say words that are simple. And then as they start getting those easy words, you pick up harder words you want them to say. Or maybe if you are sinful like me and my wife, you try to get them to say things that are completely appropriate, unless you know the context, like movie quotes and things. Uh, With all three of my kids... If you've ever seen The Wedding Crashers, this is not an endorsement of the movie, just a thing I thought was going to be funny with my kids. So I taught them at an early age to repeat with no idea what it meant or what it came from. 
as they're sitting at the dinner table to just shout out, Ma, a meatloaf. And they do it. And then we laugh and they laugh and it's fun for everybody. And with Ezra, I've learned a few other things to get him to repeat because he'll repeat them and then laugh and it's fun. And we all have a good time. Like children, we begin learning with simple repetition. And in prayer, we can do that by praying prayers that have been prayed by others, that were written in advance, perhaps the Lord's Prayer or some of the Psalms or songs that point us back to God and His goodness. Today, as we learn more about prayer, we're going to take prayer from simply talking to God and move it a little bit further to talking with God. You see, if all my children did as they grew was simply repeat back to me whatever I said, get really, really exhausting and really frustrating really quick. We all know this, right? You've played that game with somebody or they've played it with you where whatever you say, they just repeat back and usually it's in some kind of snarky, uh, sarcastic tone of voice and you just want to wring their neck. Yeah, if that was all that we ever did, we would be missing out on the fullness of prayer. See, as my kids grow, they don't just learn to repeat words. They learn to take those words they've learned and place them in new contexts and sentences and say to me things that I had not previously said to them. I was reminded of this a few years ago when Elijah was maybe five. After all the kids were asleep, Laura and I had a conversation that some of my anger issues came from a need to control. And I realized in my sin that I was often trying to control my children. And if you have any kids, you know that doesn't happen very well or often ever. And so often I would get really frustrated because they weren't doing whatever I wanted them to do. So we had this great conversation and I realized I needed to check my own spirit and change my heart. It's on me as the responsible or more responsible adult. It's on me to control my emotions and not to expect a five-year-old to be perfectly in control of his. And so we have this conversation and we go to bed and a few days later we're sitting at the dinner table and you've ever sat with kids at the dinner table who like play with all their food and touch none of it? And then after an hour of that, they're like, I'm hungry. I just gave you food you wouldn't eat. So Elijah was sitting at the table and he was playing with his food and I was getting really, really frustrated and just really wanting to get him to eat his darn food. I don't even remember what it was, it didn't matter. And I was getting all kinds of out of control myself. And Elijah looked at me calmly and quietly, just said, Dad, you're just trying to control me. (laughs) At which point I said in a very loud voice, you're right. And then I walked away, because he was, and it only made me more angry. But see, as he's grown, and as Eden's grown, and even as Ezra's grown, they have grown to communicate not just back whatever I say, but something perhaps new. This is why TV shows like Kids Say the Darndest Thing used to bring all kinds of laughs, because you just don't know what to expect as they're formulating their own sentences and thoughts and feelings. As we learn to talk with God, we move from just repetition of prayers everybody else has prayed to actually beginning conversations with him, where we can share from our own heart and our own experience and our own perspective, God, here's where I am today. 
and also where we can ask God for things that maybe we need him to do in our lives. We're going to begin looking at this in Luke chapter 18. If you'd like to follow along, it's on page 1094 in the blue Bibles in front of you, or you're welcome to bring your own Bible every Sunday or use your phone. For those of you in the balcony, the blue Bible's on the sides by the wall, not necessarily directly in front of you. Luke chapter 18. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and there's a crowd listening, and often he would speak in parables. He would tell them stories that they would not understand to confuse those who shouldn't be understanding and to have his disciples come back and go, can you clarify a little more so that they could learn deeper? He's speaking in parables, and it says this, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So teaching, how do you pray when your prayers aren't being answered? How do you pray when you're just not sure what to say? Let me tell you a story. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So that they learn how to pray continuously, Jesus gives them this story. Here's a man who's unjust and does all kinds of terrible things. He's a judge. He's supposed to be the one who preserves justice, who promotes that for those who've suffered injustice. He's supposed to be a good man, and yet he is not. And he's not because he doesn't care about God and he cares even less about man. He feels like he can do whatever he wants and he's in a position of authority where his word is the final word. And to this evil and unjust judge, a widow comes. A woman who has suffered injustice and oppression, who is in need of help. And she comes and she comes and she keeps coming back over and over again to this man who is unjust and evil. And just like children, she wears him down. So you guys know with kids, eventually they ask long enough and you will snap and either give them what they want or give them what they really don't want and have to repent later. Like eventually you will be worn down by their persistence. This judge snaps and gives her what she wants so that this widow will leave him alone. And Jesus like, this is, this is what it's like when you pray. And sometimes people hear this parable and they, I believe, misinterpret it. They're like, oh, what this means is God is super annoyed with me. And if I can just annoy him long enough, eventually he'll give me what I want. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. Because he says this at the end. He says, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? 
See, we all know that with enough annoyance and persistence, we can change even the most evil people's hearts sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. We all know that if we pester long enough, even people who are really against us will acquiesce in some way just to get us to go away. And Jesus says, if unjust men who don't care at all about humanity, if persistence will change their heart, how much more so with a good, just father, a father who delights in giving good things to his children? So he says that earlier when he's talking about prayer. We'll flip back to Luke chapter 11, which is just a few pages prior. Luke chapter 11, where Jesus gives the Lord's prayer to his disciples. And he says this. Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence or his persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. See, Jesus in this parable, in this story, in Luke chapter 11, is not telling us that God is annoyed and if we just annoy him long enough, eventually we get what we want. You can annoy him for the rest of your life asking for the lottery numbers and you might never get them, all right? No, he's not saying that we get whatever we want like a vending machine if we just push the right buttons at the right time. He's saying we have a father who is good a God who loves us, and he's inviting us to simply ask. My children are allowed to ask me for all sorts of things, and I often say no. Sometimes they don't like that, so they ask again, and sometimes they get in trouble for their persistent asking, but other times they ask, and I had no intention of giving them something like a cookie or a donut, but simply because they asked, I say yes. See, our our Father in heaven likes to give you and me good gifts. And I don't mean prosperity, that if you have favor with him, he'll give you whatever you want. No, he knows what you need before you even ask. He knows what you need, and he's waiting for you to come and ask. In fact, over and over again in the Gospels, when it talks about prayer, it's connected to asking. Come before God and ask. Maybe he'll say no. Or maybe he'll change his mind. Or maybe he'll give you what you've been asking for because you asked for it and he knew you needed it. It's not our job to determine if or when God will give us what we ask for. It's simply our job to ask. 
like this persistent widow to come back and say, here I am, God, again with my needs. I'm laid bare before you. Your will be done. Do whatever you please. And if evil men know how to do good things, how much more so does a good and perfect God know how to do good things, to give good things to those who seek him? Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. But oftentimes when we come before God, I confess that we don't spend nearly as much time asking as we do complaining. Have you ever noticed that in your own prayers? Like, God, here's my long list of all the problems. Amen. When you read prayers throughout the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, rarely do they pray their list of problems. No, instead they simply pray God's promises. God, you promised to deliver us, and right now we're surrounded by enemies. May we trust in your promises when it doesn't seem possible. God, you promised to feed us, and right now we're hungry. Provide for us our daily bread. You promised healing, and right now we're sick. Give us strength to wait for that healing to come. See, when we pray all of our problems... We can sometimes treat God as one who's just there to listen to our venting and then forget that he actually wants conversation. When instead we remember his promises and we say, God, this is what you've promised. So I will hope and I will wait and I will trust even if I don't yet see that promise. We know he will always, always be faithful to do what he's promised, even if it's not in our timing or our expectation. When we pray, there's a couple different ways that we can pray and practice praying with God, talking with him and not just to him. The first way that we can practice praying with God is gratitude. Did you know that you have plenty today to be thankful for? I mean, you are breathing. That's a good place to start. Not everybody woke up that way this morning. Not only are you breathing, we're out of the rain right now, which is great. And the rain is helping prevent a drought, which is also great because that provides food. We have heat in this building, and hopefully you have it in yours at home. We all have things we can be grateful for. And the truth of the matter is, the more we focus on the things we're grateful for, the longer the list of things we can be grateful for for becomes. The more often we we think about, God, you've given this or you've already done this, I'm trusting. It's way easier to believe in what he will do when we remember what he already has done. And so we pray gratitude. We just come before him and share the things on your heart that you're thankful for. And sometimes that list may be really small and sometimes it may be really long. As you set out to practice this habit of prayer, one thing you can begin doing is making it a daily habit to set aside time to remember things you're grateful for. And then just tell God. Maybe that looks like every meal, every time you sit down for a meal, you find one new thing to say thank you to God for. Maybe it looks like sitting down and creating a little journal of just a whole bunch of things you're grateful for. Okay, I'm grateful that when the guy cut me off in traffic, I didn't flip him the bird. That's progress, God. 
I'm really grateful that when he cut me off in traffic, I didn't crash into him. Thank you, God. <laughs> you tried to crash or tried to flip him off? We'll get there. We'll talk about that later, Michael. <laughs> you can be grateful for all kinds of things, even in hardship and pain and sorrow. Say, so God, I'm grateful that you are still God. I regularly, myself, pray a very simple prayer. God, you are God, and I am not. Thank you. And sometimes I'll add to that prayer, God, you are God, and I am not. It will be okay. See, I need to be reminded that I'm not the one in control, and it's a really good thing that he is. When we practice gratitude in our prayer life, we will see God moving every day in new ways. But unfortunately, not everything in this world is good. There's a lot of evil. Not just out there and around us, even within us, there's all kinds of evil and guilt and shame and regret and all kinds of sin that we don't want to do that we keep doing or that we want to do even though we shouldn't do it and all kinds of problems within and around. And so sometimes our prayers, learning to talk with God, needs to be what we call a prayer of lament. Laments are all throughout the Old and New Testament. Prayers of giving to God all the evil and the sorrow and the pain and the suffering, all the hardships and the things that are not yet the way they should be, laying them all before him. When we see lament throughout scripture, especially in the book of Psalms, they all follow a really neat pattern. Laments begin with all of your woes and burdens, and sometimes we have a lot of them. And sometimes the laments in Psalms are actually really, really dark. Like David prays at times that his enemies would be crushed and destroyed and he prays for the death of their children. Like that's really dark. You can be as honest as you want with lament because God is big enough to handle all of your pain. He's big enough to handle all of your hurt. He's not surprised by it. He's not offended by it. You can be you, whatever that looks like in the season. And these laments, no matter how dark and painful and emotional, they all end with God's promises. For God, you've promised these things, I'll hope in that. You've promised these things, I'll trust in that. God, I know you're good, I don't experience it, but I will believe it until I see it. God, I know who you are and what you've done. You and I not only can lament, I believe for the sake of our mental health, we need to. We need to learn to not carry around all of this pain as if it's our burden to bear, but to believe that we have a God who cares enough to bear it with us. A God who knows all about suffering and sorrow and pain and anguish. A God who's entered into this world and taken on flesh to be just like us in every way. To bear all of our burdens and all of our hurts and all of our sufferings on the cross. And the, the truth is, in most Christianity, we want to find an escape clause. How do we get out of this pain? How do we get away from this sorrow? 
How do we make our suffering better? And so we say things that aren't really comforting, trying to comfort those who are grieving because we're at a loss for words ourselves. But I believe that Christianity at its core has very, very little to do with escaping all of this pain. I believe Christianity at its core has everything to do with getting on our knees before a cross and seeing a God who takes this pain upon himself. A God who's entered into our suffering for us, who has wept with us. A God who desires our healing more than we could ever desire it ourselves. That he would give everything to make it happen. I believe that Christianity is not about God helping us escape our pain, but helping us to learn to find strength in our pain. Strength that comes not from pulling ourselves up from our bootstraps and making it better, but from a God who knows our pain and sits with us and promises one day it will be over. One day we will see victory. One day we will find healing. One day he will wipe away every tear. One day. Maybe today, maybe not. When we pray gratitude, we learn to see God's hand at work in all kinds of good things. When we pray lament, we learn to trust in God when everything's falling apart. And then there's this last way we pray. Petition and intercession. Petition is learning to ask God for the things you need. God, I need help with my sin that I keep turning back to. I need help with my relationships that are falling apart. I need help with my money and my food and with whatever it is. God, I need you to give to me peace or joy or patience. Though I warn you, if you ask for patience, you will have a lot of opportunity to practice it. And that's sometimes where lament comes in. God, why did I ask for patience? Petition is asking for yourself. God, I need these things. And intercession is learning that as we seek this good Father, He's not just about making our lives content or better. No, He wants to move in us and through us for the sake of others. And so intercession is learning to pray on behalf of others. Is there someone in your world who's hurting? Pray for them. Is there somebody who needs healing? Ask God to give it to them. Is there somebody who's lost and confused and doesn't know where to turn? Pray for God to guide them. Is there evil all around us that seems overwhelming? Pray for God to put an end to it. When we learn to pray for others, our talking with God begins to move us into this world that we actually become the very answers to some of our prayers. When our friends are hurting, we get to offer them comfort. And not empty words of platitudes, don't worry, it'll be okay someday. Eventually, comfort right now that says God is with you in this pain. It's okay to hurt. When we learn to pray for others, our prayers become a whole lot more exciting. Because we actually see God's hand at work in our daily lives and in the lives of people around us. 
This week, as we practice the habit of prayer, I want to encourage you to consider one of these three or maybe each of these three ways to pray and begin doing something new you haven't done before to try to do this more. Perhaps what it looks like is those habits of gratitude I mentioned earlier. Perhaps what it looks like is taking a moment to be honest with yourself and with God. Where are you right now? Are you in that season of hardship and pain and sorrow? Pour it all out before him. Let him have it. He can handle it. Perhaps what you can do this week as you begin to practice prayer, make a list of people specifically you want to pray for. And then make a habit to sit down for a few minutes each day and pray for them. Here's the really beautiful thing. When we find ourselves needing to pray for somebody but not knowing what to ask for, God knows what they need already. In fact, it says in Scripture that He is interceding on our behalf. That Jesus is talking to the Father and with the Father, saying, please, for the sake of these, your children, do this and give what they need. And so when you don't know what to pray for somebody, ask God. God, I don't know how to pray for this person, but I know they need prayer. What do they need right now in their life? How can I be a blessing or an encouragement or strength to them right now? If you know what they need, ask it on their behalf. See, when we begin to make this a habit, it's amazing how we find that God is not just here on Sunday mornings. And he's not just for those who are holier than than you or than me, those who have their lives all put together. He is for the sinner just like me, the one who gets it wrong with my children and with my neighbors and with all sorts of people, the one who struggles myself to do the right thing. And he's not waiting for me to figure it out. He just keeps inviting me to come to a good father who cares and lay everything before him. He'll be more than enough. It's my hope and my encouragement for you this week that as you talk with him, you begin to experience all of his love for you. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us your word so that we may believe. We thank you that scripture is filled with all kinds of sinners who make a mess out of their life. And yet you're there for them. You redeem and restore them. We thank you that you are faithful for all of your promises, that we find our yes and amen in Jesus. So God, with our gratitude, we come before you and celebrate. With our lament, we come before you and we mourn. We grieve the things that hurt. We let go of control where we cannot control. We surrender before you and ask that you would help us to live on our knees before the cross. Knowing that you are with us in our pain, that you have given everything to restore it. God, we ask that you would teach us to pray, to ask you for all that we need, to seek you for every answer, to find in you more than enough. God, we ask you teach us to pray for those around us, for our spouses and our children, our parents, 
for our neighbors and our coworkers. God, teach us even to pray for our enemies. As we pray, Lord, would you begin to make us more into your image that we can go out into this world and love those whom you love and care for those whom you care for. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our worship, we're going to continue by collecting an offering. What I forgot to mention earlier was those little connect cards in front of you. Uh, If you have a way that we can be praying with you in this season, you can fill that out on that connect card. You can even fill it out online at thepointknocks.com. But if you have something you would like us to be praying with you in this season, to be interceding on your behalf for, please write that down. And along with any physical offering like cash or check, you can place that in the boxes on the walls in the back as you exit. If you're somebody who prefers to do all these things online, please go to thepointknocks.com and fill out a prayer request, a way that we can connect with you and love you in this season. There in the same place, the little button in the bottom corner on our website, you can also make a gift and say, God, I want to partner with you financially in the work you're doing in and through this church. And if you'd like to make that gift electronically or in person, know this. We don't give to get God's love, but because we already have it. Thank you. Well, every week we invite your questions and I'll do my best to respond. Uh, Last week you guys had a couple of doozies that I didn't know the answer to. One about Lamentations 3, which was my own fault. And the other one about uh, why did Abraham make his servant touch him on the inside of his thigh? If either of those questions sound intriguing to you, you can find the answers. Uh, Did we put them, is it Emily's in here? Did we put them on Facebook and Instagram or just Instagram? They're in both places. So I I filmed a little video and put an answer out there. You can find that at the Point Knox um, on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Blake, what questions came in today? So we had one actually that came in last week after the service. So we'll answer or ask that one now. Um, Follow-up question to the ending of the Lord's Prayer question. Um, Why is it written in red in the NKJV if Jesus didn't actually say it? It seems sketchy to attribute words to Jesus even if it does align with Scripture. So if you weren't here for that question, somebody asked why the Lord's Prayer ends with, but deliver us from evil. And then while it's not in Scripture, there's an additional ending that we pray, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, So my answer to why that was added was because people felt uncomfortable ending prayer with deliver us from evil. And those things that all glory and power is the Lord's are true. And so the church added them at some point. And this question, the follow-up, um, why does the New King James Version highlight those final words in red if uh, they weren't actually Jesus's? Right. I would say an editing error, and it was overlooked. Probably. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it was on purpose, but I would just say Jesus didn't say those words. So while they are good to say and okay to pray, don't give him credit for what's not his. Sure. We got one more that's just come in. Okay. Um, What should a person do if they were baptized as a person that they thought they were, but as time they found out that they were not that person, when the person has found God is a humble and honest man? The beautiful thing about baptism is baptism is an invitation and a gift from God. It's not something we have to do every time we get our lives straight. 
You see, if we had to go back to baptism every time we screw up, you and I would spend our whole lives in a pool. That's just how it works. We are broken and sinful people. But baptism, whether it happened as a child and you remember or don't remember it, or as an adult, is a gift God gives to us in which we are joined with him. And so if you find yourself now going through this season where the person you've been is not who you want to be, thank God you're baptized. Because God is at work in you, even in this painful and difficult season, to bring you back to who he made you to be. He has joined you with Jesus in Jesus' death and has promised that you will be joined in the resurrection. So cling to that promise. Martin Luther, a pastor from the 1500s, he once said something that I'll paraphrase, and it was essentially, every time the devil reminds you of your sin, look him in the eyes and say, you're right. Thank God I'm baptized. Cool. Um, one more thing that you haven't mentioned yet today, so I thought I'd bring it up, um, and I'm going to carry this on so you get nervous because you don't know what I'm going to say, and, and you gave me a microphone. So He's uh, just trying to convince me not to give him microphones, and I keep trying yeah. to give him one more often. Go Birds. Anybody else? Yeah. Go, go Birds. Oh, Eagles. My wife's from Philly. Eagles, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know or care, tonight there's a football game that a lot of Americans will use in a, as an excuse to not go to work tomorrow. Yep. Because uh, they'll eat an unhealthy amount of junk food, and yep. it'll be delicious regardless of who wins. It will. Uh, and we all know that clearly God is on the side of the Chiefs. It's just... <laughs> Although one of the players from the Eagles, uh, his wife is like 38 or 39 weeks pregnant, but she's not going to miss the game. So they're bringing her doctor to the, the stadium just in case. I'm like, it would be kind of cool if she had a baby at the game. That's dedication. That would so, be. You know. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, as you go this week, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.